You are now tuned in to Sippin' with Sky. What up? It's your boy Sky, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sippin' with Sky. And today, I got a really cool guest. He's actually somebody I went to school with, and we really didn't see each other much. Then we started hitting the gym, playing basketball together, and really got to know him. And I feel like he's one of those people that's undercover that people don't know about, but he's hustling hard in his and his family's business. And um, it, it's an honor to introduce Matt Mancy. How you doing, brother? What up, Sky? Nice Thanks to see you, me. man. Good to be here. Hell yeah, man. And you know what's sipping with Sky, so we got to get started right here. We got yeah. some uh, whiskey here at uh, 10 a.m. You ready for this? I've never had whiskey at 10 a.m. Okay, well, there's a first time for everything. So before we even start drinking it, this is uh, Woody Creek Distilleries out of Colorado. Um, this one right here is 45% alcohol, so it's a little bit hotter Ooh. than a lot of other ones. We actually uh, did a Zoom meeting with them, and I really like their stuff, so I wanted to introduce you to something new. I love it. Cheers, bro. Cheers. That's good. Right? Yeah, I've never had whiskey at all in the morning, and I went to college. Wow never had it so this is amazing yeah man um I, ever since i started this podcast i've been uh, turning into a lot of people into day drinkers for the first time so well covid's doing that too i think yeah man talking about covid um how's uh how's that been uh, affecting you know you and your business you know construction has been booming the whole time through covid so that's been a blessing for us you know people i think have a lot of disposable income still for the most part, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. But I think a lot of people that would have been home buyers are still home buyers, right? They're just maybe working from home. Yeah. Um, but people that, that have been really hurt by this, people in the food service industry, um, those type of industries, they weren't necessarily gonna be home buyers anyway. You know what I mean? So that hasn't changed. All that's changed now is there's a lot less to do and so people have a lot more money in their pocket that's kind of burning a hole there. And so they're wanting to buy. And I think Ventura in particular uh, is a hot spot right now for people wanting to kind of move out of big cities, move out of expensive cities like Santa Barbara. So we're seeing kind of a convergence in Ventura. You know, I, um, you know, I mentioned to you, I do Airbnb in one of my units. Oh, yeah. And um, according to the statistics, searches in ventura are up 76 percent yeah this month last month it was like 60 and it was 50 before that so i mean i, I definitely can I, I can relate to that and uh, there is a huge demand because people want to get away from the big cities yeah my wife and i just bought a home in ventura congratulations man. yeah we've grown up there both of us grew up we both went to boyna high school she's a little younger than me but um not yeah, much younger too, right? Well, you guys are pretty close, no, right? She's six years younger. Oh, six so, years. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have. I didn't know her when I was in high school. Um, but yeah, we finally bought our first house here after living here for you know our whole life. It just seemed like the right time. Interest rates being what they are, and just made sense. So we love it here. We're we're ready to set down even deeper roots. Yeah, that's awesome. I love Ventura. Ventura is just a, a different vibe. Yeah. When are you going to come back? You know what? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm in River Park. I love it. I mean, to me, it's it, it's, it's River amazing. Park is the new Ventura. It, yeah. To, to me, that's it's still the Ventura vibe, yes. you know, but it doesn't feel like Oxnard, you know, certain areas right. of Oxnard. Like, as much as I love, like, Oxnard, um, 
but there's certain areas like living wise it's just like I, I had preferred Ventura growing up and then I moved to Oxnard or I moved to River Park and there's so much to do. Yeah. And there's a beautiful community. You can walk around everywhere. You know, the question is, is when are you going to develop something big like that here in Ventura, man? It's hard. It's in Ventura. It's really hard. You know, there's not a lot of land. Uh, the SOAR initiative has kind of curbed any agricultural development, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, but there's not a lot of like infill land to do something big like that. Um, but yeah, we would, we would love, I would love to do something like that, but it'd be hard. It'd be hard. There, there, you get a lot of opposition towards something like that. So what do you think the biggest struggles are in Ventura? Because obviously I grew up in Ventura my whole life. I've, I was here since preschool. Right. And, um, I know that in Ventura, I've always seen really slow growth. And I mean, you see a couple projects here or there, but it's been really slow in Ventura. What do you think the biggest obstacles or the reasons of that is? It's tough. Um, I think it's just an old school mentality that has just kind of remained. I think, um, you know, people like Matt Levere have been trying to kind of change that. And he's had some success for sure. Um, and I think more of that is going to change when you get more kind of forward thinking, younger people making decisions like Matt yeah. and Ventura. Uh, but there's a sense, a general sense among people. I say general because it's probably a minority, but they're kind of a vocal minority of people that kind of don't want to see Ventura changing at all, you know? Yeah. And um, and so they're pretty outspoken. And I think the decision makers in Ventura kind of bow to that sometimes, you know? And, uh, and maybe they maybe they believe it too. Is, you know, they don't want to see a lot of change there. And I think I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people, say our age and other age groups that would would like to see something, some like amazing new places to go to eat, see, right. experience. But the problem is, is the people, a lot of people our age and other age groups younger, they even though they want to the change, they're not out there voting. They're not, yeah. they're not looking for the Matt Levere or the person that, you know that the, their values align so you know now right now we, we do have a big vote coming up so you know i tell everyone go out there and vote i mean yep. do some research learn about your local people more than a national scale because the local people actually make a bigger impact in their life yes yeah if, if it's hard for you to vote for you know federal things president that kind of stuff look at them kind of micro look at who we're electing under the city council in ventura are they pro-growth do they want to kind of keep things the same way? You'll be able to tell if you kind of do a little digging. Yeah, or and I, I feel like one of the biggest problems is like, if there's no growth, there's no income coming in, right? Not as much income coming in to the cities. So then they can't fix things that they really need to because they're they're lacking that funding as well. Yeah, it's that catch 22. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, I, I get it. And the thing you love about Ventura is it's, it's not Santa Monica. You know, right. it's not that busy. It's nice, relaxing. It's a great place to raise a family. You know, right. just like, you know, you and your wife and your two kids. And, you know, it's 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 a beautiful city to do that in. Right. Yeah. No, we, we love it. We I think it can be more. I want it to be more. And, you know, we, we've got a project that I think is going to be really cool there. And, uh, you know, we're trying to do something fun. I think it's going to be I think it's going to help. You know, that whole area kind of on Front Street you know where those new homes are going in on the bluff it's going to be a vibrant area and i think in a good way i think i think growth when it's done right and well 
like is a good thing especially in ventura where things have really been stagnant for a while you know you want to see downtown thriving i'm excited to see topper's pizza go in that area and then what's the other one uh the transmission brewing oh it's in it, yeah i know it's yeah. it's exciting to see that there yeah. and because that like shows you that hey look at all the upside there is to that area and then you're like you're right by the beach yeah that's it's an example amazing. of a project that was done really, really well. Really nice finishes. They It took them a little longer to get done, but you could tell they didn't spare any expense. Like those are the kind of projects you want to see, but unfortunately, you know, the city bureaucracy can make that go really slow, more slow than it should, you know, and I think it turns off a lot of developers, unfortunately. You know, we were talking um, when we had lunch uh, not too long ago, and uh, we were talking about how like certain spots in Oxnard that the city wanted to see like fast building and moving forward. Yeah. So it was it was one of those opportunities. Um, it, it shared, let's talk a little bit about that. Like what what made that opportunity such an opportunity in Oxnard? Yeah, Oxnard is in a really good example. And we were talking about River Park earlier of a city who they want to see change and they want to see it happen quick or quicker, let's say. And so they've been really aggressive. Doug Spondello, before he left for the city of Moorpark, he worked on this general plan, downtown general plan, um, which really kind of speeded up the process, kind of took away a lot of the red tape and uh, gave a little bit more authority to the staff um, who are kind of the boots on the ground in the city who really know all the code and everything. So downtown now, you're going to see downtown Oxnard changing rapidly. Um, they've removed a lot of that red tape, like I was saying, to kind of entice developers to grab parcels, develop them, get change moving, and get people back downtown. Because if you've been downtown, Oxnard, like, there's nothing to do. There's mm -hmm. not many restaurants, uh, not many things happening. River Park, the collection, is, is kind of like Oxnard's downtown now. It's where you yeah. go. Uh, they want to see more people back, like, living there. So they've been really aggressive with some of their code and height restrictions lifted and parking requirements shortened um, to really get people down there living again. And then that should in turn kind of revitalize the commercial space down there. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate to see businesses come in and leave, come in and leave. And yeah. I've been, we've been seeing that a lot over the years. So it's exciting that they're doing something to, you know, you know, bring in more people. So these businesses will be more successful as well. Being a business owner, you know, traffic is everything. If you don't have people coming, you know, or shopping. Yeah, and that part of it is people need to be living down there. You know, like I'm not gonna ever go in downtown Oxnard. Like I'm just not, because there's nothing. There's nothing there. You know, yeah. unless I'm having lunch with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but other than that, like, there's no reason to go down there. But if people are actually like, living there, then they're gonna want to just be walking around, not getting in their car, and uh, you know, enjoying the scene down there because it is cool. So you're you're young, but you've been doing this for quite a while now, right? Well, I don't know about young. I mean, I still younger. Maybe? You're younger. Yeah, you're younger than a lot of people that. Have, I mean, you. How long have you been in the construction industry now? Uh, I've been. I started in 06. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a you good. Yeah. What, 14 years. Yeah. And my dad. So my dad kind of set the stage for me. He laid a, a, an amazing foundation from which I could kind of build on to keep, uh, you know, the construction puns going. Um, but yeah, he started, he was like an American dream kind of scenario. Um, you know, he came from Egypt. He was an immigrant from Egypt, came in the seventies with a hundred dollars in his pocket wow. and uh, didn't even know how to speak the language. He landed 
in New York and his contact there ghosted him. Wow. So he's in New York at JFK, doesn't know how to speak English, has $100, doesn't even know how to use a freaking payphone. And by the grace of God, somebody came up to him that knew how to speak Arabic and said, hey, can I help you? Can I help you make a phone call? So he was able to call his guy and then the guy was able to put him up in a hotel room for that night. And then he was able to fly out to Los Angeles a couple days later and be with his brother who'd been here already for a few years. Um, and then from there, he just kind of worked his way as an engineer up the food chain. Uh, he was at one point, some guy owed him a lot of money for a lot of drafting that he did. And so he was able to take a lien out on this guy's land. The guy defaulted, he was able to take the land over. And then basically he's like, what do I do with this land? I have, I have no idea. I took a piece of raw land in Camarillo. I guess I'll build homes on it. Wow. So he started figuring out and going through the entitlement process there and he built a home or two and then kind of hit the market at the right time. He was able to roll that into another piece of land and then just roll and roll and roll and then he got to where he is now where he has a company that's been doing development, you know, in this county for years and, you know, pretty successful at it. So, hey. no, go, no, go, go. I was just going to say, when, when I came on board, he had just basically um, kind of consolidated a couple projects together. He wasn't doing it on a large scale yet. He was just kind of doing one every three years or so. And when I came on board, it was right before the collapse. Yep. It was 06, 07. And so all his... Uh, builder friends and buddies and um, joint venture partners had just gone so he was stuck with a piece of land in, in Thousand Oaks and he kind of looked at me and said should we should we move forward should we build this if we don't we're gonna lose a couple million dollars and uh, I just looked at him and I said let's do it and uh, so we started building it it was 82 townhomes in um, Thousand Oaks and, and it ended up being not successful at all <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we ended up still losing millions of dollars, but it gave me the experience I needed to uh, to build homes, do it in a really difficult climate. I mean, if you can do it, then you can do it at any time. And that kind of you know, rebuilt our reputation. We were able to grab a really cool project in um, River Park as a result. And we've just kind of been rolling and doing multifamily ever since. The, the funny part, that was actually probably one of the first projects that I talked to you about when we were at the gym, oh, yeah. right? So we used to go play, um, you know, pick up basketball at uh, 24 in uh, the collection. And then uh, we just started chopping up. What are you up to? You're telling me, hey, you know, we, we worked on this project here. We do that. I was like, what? You do construction? I got a piece of property. I want to eventually do construction. And if for people who don't understand construction and what goes into the whole process from beginning to end, it's crazy. Yeah, it's. It can be a painful process. That's why you kind of want to pick and choose where you do it. Because some cities are a little easier. We talk about Oxnard, they're a little easier, but it's still a very, very difficult process. We call it brain damage. It inflicts a lot of brain damage on you. Yeah, um, so like we started rezoning this property back in 2008. So a little bit after uh, you, you started and we started, we, we purchased in 2008 and in 2000, yeah, around 2009 or 10, we started the rezoning process. And that took like five years. And then after that, we're like, yeah, let's do this. And they're like, well, we can't give you water. We're like, what? There's there's a new project that, there's four or five new projects that opened up up, up the street. What's going on? How come we can't? 
can't get water you're in unincorporated so there's all of these different things that come into construction and sometimes like we we're talking like it can take you what five to seven years to build from after acquiring the land yeah i mean the the longest part is really the entitlements and that's the most risky part right because you can you can spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on architecture engineering all these different consultants city fees do all this work spend years and then if it goes be before a decision-making body maybe they just don't even like you i mean they wouldn't say that but for any reason they can just say no we don't like this project and your work is all all that money all that hard work just gone wow so and that can take three four five and we have some projects that have been we're trying to entitle for the last 12 years so it can it can take a long time if you get that part out and done honestly the construction is like kind of the easier thing I mean, you kind of know exactly what to do there. There's not a whole lot of variables. There's some, but you can you can see a clear path from there. But it's the entitlement processes, which is like this like kind of purgatory, kind of like semi-hell that you're in until you get it approved, until you get those people at the city council or planning commission to say, yes, we like your project, let's move it forward. Once you're there, construction can be, you know, two or three years. It shouldn't be any longer than that. If it goes longer than that on a, mid-sized project you're probably running into some problems yeah yeah we definitely been running into problems and it's <laughs> it's been nice to be able to pick up the phone call and you're always there to help out and give us give me tips and you know guidance and uh, I, I really appreciate that because you know in this world it's like a lot of times everyone's like hey what what is it in it for me you know what can what am i going to get out of it versus you know like somebody like you i pick up the phone call or text you and you're open-minded you're sharing your experiences you're telling me hey watch out for this watch out for that and uh you know it's a, it's a pleasure to have people like you in our community man because it's uh doing anything first time like a, a new business owner a new entrepreneur or you know construction whatever industry you're in it's it, it's really difficult man so it's it's nice yeah what, what is that like old school mentality that, that i don't know if your dad had this but my dad certainly has this where it's like a competition you know and like like oh that guy builds homes okay well he's the enemy too it's like i don't know i don't get that to me like collaboration like you said this is a difficult time difficult world construction's difficult like i'm all for collaboration and helping i don't view people as competition or anything like that i don't know i, I don't get that mentality you know what i mean I, I i understand it um my dad didn't really have that much uh which is kind of weird because my dad came from india it's a story similar like where it came with nothing came on borrowed money came here slept on slept on the floor in a house with like 20 other people and you know grew his businesses but uh, turned into business but i think uh i i think for me it's it, it's just I, that's what i want to do it makes me happy if I can help somebody and spend 10, 20 minutes of my time to help somebody, and, and for me, I wanna make an impact on somebody's life. Be like, hey, you know, that guy, he was really cool. He helped me with this. And I don't know, it just, it brings me joy. And I think at the same time, I mean, I feel like by you, when you were talking to me, it, it didn't feel like you were like, I don't wanna help. It, it felt like you wanted to, and you were actually enjoying helping me too. Totally, yeah. So we went to Boyna High School together. So Bulldogs, baby. That might be why. <laughs> you know, we got to cheers to that, man. That's been a, hey, isn't your 20 year anniversary coming soon? Oh, it already came. It was a COVID anniversary. Mm. How was that? I don't know. I think they did it online. Okay. Here's the thing about 
anniversaries, or not anniversaries, what is it called? 10 year, 20 year high school anniversary. Reunions. Reunion, yeah. thank yeah. you. If I'm gonna be seeing someone that I haven't seen in 10, 20 years, now that we live in this world where there's Facebook, Instagram, if I haven't seen you or talked to you, there's probably a good reason. <laughs> right? So I don't need to go to these reunions and be like, oh my gosh, like so good to see you. Oh, oh man, I'm so glad I went to this. No, I, if I wanted to meet that guy or know that guy, he'd be in my life, right? No, I, uh, I, I totally, I so couldn't do it. I, I, could, I couldn't relate. Um, I've never been to one. Um, Me neither. You know, for I, that I, reason. But you know, I have the 20 year coming up soon. Um, I think I'm gonna go to it just to maybe see who I haven't seen. But see, that's where you're a better man than me. You're a great networker, people person. This is one of the things I love about you. You're a great people person. You're easy to talk to. So for you, like it makes sense for you to go. For me, uh, maybe not. Um, you know, I mean, I think for me, like I've been able to see a lot of people, thankfully, because of Happy Place Craft Beer Wine and Spirits. I see people come in like I haven't seen in 10, 20 years. I'm like, what? Like this is the first time I've seen you in, since, you know, graduation, you know? And, uh, it, and it's nice to, to see some old faces that I haven't seen in a while, but, but I can relate to you because like the people that, that you, you, you feel that add value to your life and you can add value to their life or the ones you want to hang out with, right? Cause we are a sum of who we hang out with. So we want to make sure we're around other people that, that inspire you, that you inspire them. And it's, it's a, it's a plus plus, you know, you know, game. But um, I, I also feel that there's sometimes, you know, people that are doing well and you, you didn't even know. It's like me and you didn't meet at a, a reunion and obviously I was one year, you know, after you, right? You were 2000, I was 2001. And, uh, you know, that gives us our dates or how old we are actually, you know? I, I don't know if it's that or the gray hairs we're getting now. <laughs> but, but you know what, it was like, I, I met you in the gym. Right. I mean, that's where I kind of. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Like you're a great example. Like if I would have met you or re-met you at a reunion, I would have been like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, social media didn't necessarily bring us together prior. So yeah. you're right. You're right. Maybe I should go. Well, it's too late. Yeah. Well, they already had their Zoom COVID reunion. Maybe 21 will be better. You know, do they do a 30 year? <laughs> I don't know. What What is it? Is it not at Boyna probably? Probably. Every, yeah. Every 10 years. Right. Yeah. Is it every five years. I think it's every five years. Right. Uh, I think it's 10 okay you know i mean but but oh, you've convinced me you've convinced me you know i mean the thing is is i don't blame you for not going because it's like a what was it a zoom or was it yeah i think it was zoom oh that's like i wouldn't yeah. want to fucking do it, that. it might not even been zoom I, I think they might have just canceled it okay yeah you know what we tr i tried to go to the the 10 year but it, it felt like it felt like the same kid that was like the the honor roll student principals like pet whoever was in charge of things tried to be in charge of that and i'm like i'm sorry that's not really your lane if you want to do a party let me take care of it right <laughs> instead of everybody paying money to get in i'm gonna get everybody in for free right i'm not gonna pay a place to fill you up and bring people that are gonna buy drinks we're gonna turn it into a fun club night only for, you know, the 20 year anniversary. I mean, what bar or restaurant wouldn't do that knowing that you're gonna get 300, 400 people? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or what you do is you say it's $25 and when you get to the door, you get a $25 gift card to go party. So that way you're, you're that place is for sure gonna make the money.
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I feel like you got to think out of the box, right? And then yeah. I, I, um, do, you know, Diego from Mama Pops Tacos? Yep. So I would, I would hit up Diego to be help me out because he's all about events. I mean, we had a birthday party for him. I just had him on the podcast, and it was just a reminder of how how much of a like monster he was on marketing. He had a thousand one hundred and twenty people at his birthday party in the Ventura Theater, and and people bought tickets to come in. That, that wow. You know, I mean, it was just so like, it's all about networking, getting the right people, putting in the right position. I mean, just like what you do in your business, right? I mean, if you're doing a big project, you're not out there with the hammer and the nail. Right. Right. Yeah, that'd be bad. Right. <laughs> you, do, you do your job. Your sister does her, hers and your dad does his. You know what I mean? So right. you, you're a team and then the other, everybody else on your team, you guys hire to make sure that they're getting the job done, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of take that same idea in, in almost everything where it's like, hey. Stay I, I, in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> right there, man. <laughs> I'm a cheers to that, bro. Stay in your lane. Well, what do you think about this whiskey, man? I love whiskey. I wouldn't consider myself a whiskey connoisseur, but I do love it. And this is really good. Delicious. Like I would, I would buy this. I'd put this in my home. I mean, oh, Woody Creek should be like sending me like a free case just for Woody putting Creek. Them on yeah, it's a good name too. It's not Wood Creek. It's Woody Creek. Woody Creek. Yeah. It's got a good amount of wood to it. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, it's got a forty-five percent. I mean, it's a, it's a delicious, delicious whiskey. And and uh, you know, on uh, on Wednesdays here at Happy Place, we do. Uh, um, whiskey Wednesdays, so it's oh, uh, twenty percent off all whiskeys. So how did I not know that? Man, come on, bro. Maybe if I would have gone to the reunion, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, working wise, you work with your dad, you work with your your sister. H how is it? I mean, because like I I come from a background where I work with family, mm -hmm. and <laughs> and it's um. It's 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 a struggle. Like it, it was a struggle for me because I, I'm I'm an alpha. My mom's an alpha. My dad's an alpha. My brother's an alpha. It's like oh, wow. all, all of us are kind of like outspoken. And it, it was like in the beginning, it, at least you guys all work together and you have your own roles. For us, it was difficult because there was no roles. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of like everybody thought they did everything sounds like chaos it, 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 it was good chaos it was crazy chaos like we got the job done and everything was good but it was a struggle still you know but it's all that persistence just to keep grinding keep working together and uh you know i learned a lot from the parents by watching them but when it came about this business i i ended up my, my parents gave me an option to buy it so i purchased the business from them like 16 years ago so then at that point it was kind of my baby and i kind of ran it the way i wanted to yeah so it wasn't that difficult but you had the baseline foundation from your dad you had learned from him and then you were able to move forward without him correct so my dad is really old school in certain ways in a lot of ways and even when it came to like me jumping in he kind of like threw me in and i had no idea what the hell i was doing Oh, so he threw you to the wolves. Yeah, I did not. I did not have the foundation that norm, like you got, right? Like you had this foundation of this is how, <clears throat> you know, you learn a lot of stuff. For me, it was a lot of just get in there and start running. Because mm. our business was a small, tiny business, at least this business. My dad's had multiple businesses. So I just got involved in this one and I helped out in some of the other ones. 
so for me it was it was a struggle like figuring things out but at the same time like when i try i i didn't have patience as much as i do now but back in the day i was i was very impatient so when my dad was trying to teach me something he's he's like a public speaker and when he wants to teach you something it's almost like 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 listen to all my stories and like do this and it was it was difficult for me to i'm just like just teach me this okay but i don't like this way how about this way no you have to do it this way mm -hmm. so then i just kind of went off on my own kind of did it my way and then i would always pick my mom's brain because she was always you know in the business and then i just learned on the fly but uh but it was a fun experience but i don't think i would be where i'm at today if i didn't have that experience when i was younger yeah for sure and I, it's the same for me like i don't know if i could have been the entrepreneur that my dad was like i don't know if i could have done that maybe but i know what i can do and i can build off someone i can stand on the shoulders of giants so to speak yeah and like build on what he like i could see okay i could see what he did i know what needs to be done now to get it bigger like that's kind of how my brain works i don't know if i could have done what he did that's hard. I mean, taking nothing and turning it into something, it's really difficult. You know, I've uh, I've had other business ventures that, that at, at this point, they haven't worked out where I, I want them to be or worked out much. You know, it's just been pretty much throwing money, throwing money, throwing money. So this was my first business and I took over the reins. So at least it was functioning so I could see how it functioned and make it work. So I agree with you 100%. If I was just thrown in to like, hey, you gotta go create a business, it, it's, it's difficult. I mean, without having mentorship and and like a, like a full on game plan, it's, 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 it's hard. Yeah, yeah. You got, I mean, the great thing about my dad is that he was very generous with his wisdom and knowledge, very, still very generous. Um, but I think there comes a time when you have to pass that over and be like, okay, I'm going to kind of take my hands off the steering wheel. You go, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch you fail, but so that I can help you and instruct you when you fail. I think that's like the best way of handing over something, Yeah. you know, and then hopefully you have something else as the father, you have something else to kind of fall back on while, you know, Matt or whoever, you know, takes the business forward. That's like the ideal situation and scenario. But it sounds like your dad kind of just went. Yeah, he kind of just kind of threw me in. He kind of told me a little basics and this and that, you know. That, but there's also benefits to that, too. Yeah. You know, it builds character to kind of like sink or swim, you know. It, I think it actually did me a benefit by him doing that. Right. You know, but I think the biggest thing that I got from my parents was seeing how hard their asses worked. Mm -hmm. Both my dad and my mom. My mom was like a super mom. She worked all day. She worked in the morning. She took us She took us to school, then came back and worked. And then after she finished her shift, she would go shopping. And this was like, this was a small little store back in the day, right? And we would do like thirty to $50,000 a month in sales. And now we do, you know, four times that, you know? And um, it was tiny. And at that point, she would, uh, she would literally be working all day. Then she would go and go coupon shopping and buy things with like double discount coupons and you know what i mean like she, at the end of the day the, the lady at the register would be like i'm sorry i can't give you back money on this purchase you know let me call the manager the manager like no we'll call it even though you can have it for free so like that's the smart shopping she did so like that hard work that hustle that she would do throughout the day i think that's something i learned by watching them 
like I think the biggest value I got is that and then also my mom and dad were both really good with people mm. and it was just like a learned behavior you know I'm actually I, I, I threw out a post saying who wants to see Joven on the podcast my son right he's 10 years old and everybody was like oh my god can't wait can't wait so it, I, I feel like he's seen it from me and he's getting that same thing from me that's a dying art form i think being good with people right it's with technology it's like the great thing about technology but then that's the bad part well put aside covid like just being good with people like not being on your phone so much like being intentional that's something that is dying i think and you know maybe with covid and with zoom kind of stuff and online learning where you're not around people especially as a kid like that that's probably a dying art form. I mean, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I, and I think it's very important. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I've been seeing a lot of people, anytime they're like sitting down having a conversation, it's they have the phone in their hand. Yes. Right? And, and I feel like I love this, the podcast thing, because we're sitting down, we got our phones on silent, hopefully, you know, hopefully I put it on silent, but basically just enjoying a conversation. This is a full blown enjoy, learn about each other, talk about each other. And you don't get that in life. I mean, how often do you have a conversation that's 30 minutes long? Right. Right. Without like, oh, I got to send out this email. I got to do this. I got to do that. I mean, it's like we've made ourselves so busy that we can't enjoy other people. Right. Well, even the fact that you don't have any notes or anything, like you can just kind of riff, like that's impressive. That's that's a big talent. You know, I mean, the thing I don't is, think I could do that. I'm, I'm sure you could, bro. I'm mm -hmm. you're you're very good at conversation. The thing is, this is if you're doing like right now, this is just a conversation. We're just enjoying each other's company, talking, drinking whiskey at ten in the morning. Yeah, that you might know, help. Right. I, 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 that definitely helps. You know, but you know, to me, that's it's it's just if you have the ability to hold a conversation and that's it i mean that's really what it is and you're great at holding a conversation i mean some kids like they their attention spans is like you know two minutes and then after that they're just like i can't do this so i mean it's it's interesting how times of you know time is changing people and uh obviously like COVID is changing changing how we live our life but i, I agree with you 100 percent, man it's uh it's it, it, it's different it, it's difficult to see that the human element of conversation of you know meeting people talking to people it's 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 not where it should be and where it was mm -hmm. yeah but moving forward where do you feel where, where do you what do you think is going to happen after covid now that all these kids have been like growing up being raised through zoom and google meets mm -hmm. well for one i'm an optimist maybe to a fault we'll see but i believe that things will get back to normal at some point and i think in the relatively near future so with that in mind i think kids are really resilient i think i think kids could go a year without a lot of social interaction with their kids and then jump right back in and never skip a beat they just seem to be resilient and now, maybe they're talking 10 years. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they would still be okay. Maybe different. It'd be a little different than what we're used to. Maybe you and I would be sitting around here 20 years, a little crusty going, eh, you know, in my day, 
<laughs> we used to speak to each other more, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to be back to normal in a year, maybe. And I think kids won't even skip a beat. Now, what were your thoughts about, like, sporting events and everything else through COVID? Were you watching any sports? I know you, me and you were yeah. huge basketball guys. We're Laker fans. Um, yeah. how, how did you take the whole, like, sports experience? And how did you feel about it when you watched it? I think if you squinted and didn't know any better, you wouldn't have known that they were playing in a bubble. I think they did a really good job. Everybody, I think, believes that. They did a really good job. Um, the product they put out was really good. I haven't, I'm not a baseball guy. Um, football seems to be about the same, pretty close to the same. I know they even play with some fans. Um, so yeah, I've been just consuming. Yeah. Consuming football and, and basketball. Um, and I think they did a good job. I, I, I hope they can bring fans in soon. Maybe, maybe they, you know, divide the seats up a little bit or make you wear a mask. I mean, that would kind of suck, but you know, it's got to get back to normal. I mean, look at all these millions and billions of dollars people have paid for these arenas, like the SoFi Stadium. What was that? Like five billion? It's ridiculous. Billion. Ridiculous. Um, you have to get seats back. You have to get people back in their seats there. And I think I think they'll figure out a way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think we will we will have a vaccine soon, you know, probably, you know, first quarter of uh, 2021 and and i agree with you i think i think we're gonna see a lot of things like go back to normal but at the same time is is these experience and what we've been through it, it, it could be one of two things like for my son he's really social he loves talking mm -hmm. to people and he's 10 years old so he's the type of kid like we're walking down the street he's just gonna start up conversation with everybody Right. I mean, I swear the he's apple just... does not fall far from the tree. It's still on the tree, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, for real, like he just literally he'll walk down the street. We're walking. And he'll be like, hi, that's a really cool shirt. Oh, I love your dog. What kind of dog is it? Like, I mean, he just naturally he literally is like a duplicate of me, like looks wise too. like you just look at him and you look at my pictures when I was a kid. And you're like, damn, that's like that's a little mini sky right there. But, you know, moving forward, I, I feel like he's going to have the urge to go hang out with kids now because now he's all he does is do google meets and talks to his friends so i mean it'll be interesting to see you know see how how he develops moving forward but i, I noticed there is still a lot of anxiety and stuff that's happening right now with him and it's been rough for him mm -hmm. but it's he's he it seems like he's doing fine because you know obviously you put a technology in a kid's hand and they're watching YouTube all day or whatever, and th they seem like they're fine, but really there's still issues that, that are going on yeah. that they can't even understand. We may not know the, the full effect, especially on older kids. Like your son's 10, I think like 14 to 18, they really are getting the raw end of the deal. Yeah. I think, eventually, I think they will still be okay, but they're really getting screwed especially like the seniors last year and everything like that just that sucks bro what happened 2020 was supposed to be our year bro 2020 you think 2020 like clear vision you know it's gonna be great it's like nah nah man it's a but but the thing is 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 in a bad economy there's always something that does well and it's fortunate that you guys are an industry that you guys have been doing well through this yeah that's that's not expected that was not expected we were bracing ourselves for another 2007 and i personally thought that we would probably have to shut down our store well you people, know people want to drink during the recession people want to drink during covid because they can't go out 
I'll be honest with you, um, I probably drank more through COVID than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot more. I think and everybody I, probably could say that. And I drank a lot. Like, and I drink, I mean, I don't drink, I drink occasionally. No, I, I drink almost every day, but I don't drink a lot every day. I just, I like love to sample stuff and try stuff because we have vendors coming in every day. And that's like, you get some of the dopest, like stuff like this right here, what we're having. We did this through a Zoom meeting, you know, like we we're talking about earlier. So it's just, um, I feel that, you know, in in an industry that I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, I had like this weird thing where I felt bad that my business is booming. And on the other side, like I have friends that are losing their restaurants or they're struggling. They're barely, they're, they're not even able to make rent. So it's a, it's been an interesting time. But it's all about, you know, being persistent and getting out there and, you know, just moving forward. Like, you you can't worry about shit you can't control. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to see other people struggling. And, you know, what do you do do with that? You know, if you're doing really well and somebody else is struggling, what do you do? I don't know, other than just to kind of be their friend, help support them, you know, meet whatever needs they have. But it's hard. There's some guilt that definitely comes with that. You know, I went around and bought some gift cards here or there. Did some stuff with the Rico Mambo Morning Show. Um, they're always doing some great stuff for the community. And uh, it, it was just nice to be able to, like, walk into a restaurant and buy some gift cards. And being like, yeah, can I get, uh, like, $500 in gift cards? They're like, what? And they're just, like, surprised because they're just like, oh. see, we, we were just talking about the phone thing. And out of all, all people, right, I'm fired. Um... Yeah, so, so I, I felt like it, it was nice to see, it was hard to see how much they were struggling, but at the same time, it was, it was nice to be able to, to help them by just buying $500 gift cards and then doing giveaways to people that lost their jobs. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, the, it wasn't much, but you know, the, the few hundred here, a few hundred there, it was like, it, it made me feel, feel better, you know, because I, I struggled really hard with that. That was, that was super hard for me because I'm like, I was like, how the hell is it that I'm doing better? I'm, I'm doing better financially than I ever have. Our sales are higher and we our business has been growing 10% a year for the last 16 years. So I expect it to grow, but the way it grew with COVID, like you can't go to a bar. Like, like imagine like you go to a bar, how much money you spend at a bar? 20, 30. Damn, you cheap, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm always like, it's like, it feels like. What kind of bars are you going to? Bro, I mean. Cristal? Right? I mean, like a whiskey, like a whiskey cocktail is like $10. And like, I'm going to have like three. And okay, then my okay, wife's going to okay. have like, like, like a, a glass of wine. You know what I mean? You're already at like 40 bucks. And then, you, you know, you're going to have some food because you have to have food everywhere you go. And you know what? That's what screwed me up at a lot of places. Like, I would want to go for a drink, not for food. And every time you went there, you had to buy some food. That's true. You see, that's where I blame. Now, yeah. That's where I blame. I started getting my COVID weight, and then I was like, "Man, I got to get back in the gym, man." <laughs> you got to start playing basketball again. That drop step on me with Ooh. the elbow. All right, you like that, huh? <laughs> Old man moves, baby. They work. <laughs> man, I'd love to get back on the basketball court. So yeah, much when is fun, that man. gonna happen? I mean, the gyms are open now, but I don't think you can play basketball. Man, I'm just, I feel like just going to the local park and ripping off of the. That's nets. what I did today. Did you really? This morning. Oh, you went to the local park? Yeah. 
Get out of here. I actually get trained by someone for basketball. Shout out to Steven Garcia. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Let me know. I want to, let's go shoot, shoot some hoops. Even if we're doing a, yeah. even if I got to pull my old man moves on you, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just shoot over me all day, man. But it's fun, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time, man. It's a, a great work. I hate running. I don't like running. No, no. That's, that's how I was getting my cardio, you know, pre-COVID was basketball. Because you don't really realize you're running. You know, you want to run. You're in such a good shape though, still, oh, bro. You. Like you, you haven't, you haven't gained any well, weight I through have, this. There's a secret gym that I go to. You know, I'm not gonna say where, but that helps. Um, you know, I, I do what I can. Yeah, I've been going through the mental, the mental thing. Like I have to work out. Like I don't really necessarily like it. On if I'm being honest, like I have to like get up to go. Doesn't it make your day so much better? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know. There, I, I know a lot of people like you know we keep talking about my dad. My dad's never worked out a day in his life. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how you do that, like mentally. You know, yeah. aside from just your physical appearance or how you look physically or whatever, like just mentally, I don't know how you do that. Um, so I was going to. So my gym that I go to is called Persistence Culture, and I was going through until like mid-pandemic, and then like when it started going crazy. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna do it. They did Zoom stuff, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, a people person, so oh, yeah, I, I gotta do it face to face. You know, shout out that they did that, which was really dope. And the way they did it was really cool. You could actually go to the gym, pick up weights, borrow them, you know, for a month or two or whatever, and work out through Zoom. I thought it was great. It was a brilliant idea, and for them to do that, like literally on the fly, like within minute, like I, I think it was like a day or two. That was great. But for me, I have to be there. And one thing I really like about the gym when now that I'm going back because they're they're open again is that it's a CrossFit gym. You go there for 45 minutes to an hour and you get a better workout than you doing it on your own. Well, they have a program for you, right? Like it's like boom, boom, boom. This is what you do. There's no thinking like, oh, should I do tries? Should I do buys? It's like you go in, you got a program. I mean, there's something to that. I think one of the biggest things is being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. The less decisions we make in a day, like the better, because we have so many decisions we need to make within our business. If we're making a bunch of dumb decisions or a dumb, like, like, Hey, I got to do this. I got to do that. Like your brain can only do so much in a day. So to me, it was like, I just go, I just do what they tell me and I leave and I feel good. And my body, like I dropped weight. I dropped, like I increased like my muscle mass. I you know, had more lean muscle and I'm just like, Ooh, I feel good. You know? And, 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 you know, when I thought about CrossFit gyms in the beginning, I thought like, Oh, this is, this just sounds terrible. And then when you go there and the vibe is just like, Oh, you got, I got to take you to the gym with me. I'm down to try it. Yeah. What time do you normally start your workouts? Uh, like seven, seven or eight. Okay. I'm not crazy. Are you down for six o'clock? Oh, that's crazy. Is that crazy for you? <laughs> I was doing five o'clock, but yeah, that's that's, that's like another level. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll try anything once. Okay, well, no, come with me for like a week or something, okay. and we'll, we'll we'll do it that way. I mean, I, I want you to check it out because it's it's good vibes, it's a good feel, and then we'll do the basketball thing too because I need to get more cardio in, man. Oh yeah, I'm down. I really because I, I drink my calories. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. I uh, drinking you know booze and stuff. Like drinking at ten in the morning, like. That's, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, you, you got to do it sometime in your life, right? It, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Man, the nose on this thing is so damn good. Yeah, I'm very impressed with it. And, you know, half the time, like, 
I look at some of these bottles and I'm like, yeah, you know, certain certain companies they have like a huge markup because they're so limited and so like hard to get. And you drink it if you drink some of those like hard to get two hundred dollar bottles, and you compare it to this under hundred, like it's like 70, 80 bucks or whatever. You're like, this is better than the other bottle. However, because this bottle right here is not known. You never even heard. Have you ever heard of Woody Creek? Never. Right. Even me, I didn't know about it. And I tried it. And I was like, okay, we got to get it, man. You know, next time we have one of our, like our drinking events or like a Zoom meeting, you down to join in? Oh yeah, I'm down. Yeah. That'd be fun, right? Yeah. I'd love that. What's, uh, obviously you like whiskey, you like beer as well? I like beer. Um, I think Topa Topa, they're doing some really good things. I like Hazy's. Um, they're going into a tap room that we have in Camarillo, Topa, and uh, I'm a big fan of them. I love them. Is that the one? That's the one in Camarillo Project, right? Yeah, we're doing a public market there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the Camarillo Project. Yeah, so it's something we did uh, two or three years ago. We completed the construction of the building. It was a multifamily building, so it was 23 units above uh, about 6,100 square feet of retail. So we decided to kind of do a public market type concept we had uh, like a kitchen bath remodel guy that was going to go in and he was going to take up the whole space so it would have been just like real easy so they found a, a better opportunity so they left and so we're like man like what do we do so our project manager and i we were you know kind of brainstorming and it's like well why don't we do like a miniature public market where we bring in a brewery and a pizza guy and an ice cream person and a coffee shop and put them all under one roof with no walls um, and just kind of like do that like on a micro scale you know like there's a santa barbara one there's the annex here in river park let's do it a little smaller um, and so it's finally coming to fruition like after about three years of dreaming um, our grand opening is actually a month from today and uh, cafe facel is already in they've been in for like a year uh, topa topa is coming in brita's pizza and then rory's ice cream out of santa barbara so they're all converging it should be cool. I think Camarillo, I think it's going to be great for Camarillo. You know, I mean, Camarillo really needs more stuff like that. So it's nice to see that you guys did that. Yeah. They have Institution, which is awesome. Institution's great, but that's all they got, I think. And it was really, uh, you know what's crazy about the beer industry? So Topa Topa has, and, and all these breweries, they respect and love each other so much. There's a lot of love between all the breweries, like almost to a strange degree. I mean, it's to the point where Jack from Topa Topa actually called Institution and got their blessing on being at your property. Right. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I found out from Jack because I also had him on yeah. on, on the podcast. Yeah. Right. So, um, but I don't know if we were talking before or after the podcast, but it's just so nice to see that. Well, it's like, I guess it goes back to what we were talking about, like the old school versus the new school where people are legitimately happy for each other. You know, there's plenty of beer drinkers in the in, in the US, you know, we can share. I like it, I think it's a good thing. But there's a lot of love between the brewers. I, I think what's really changed, I mean, really this, this conversation is not really opening up my eyes. Even if you look at the NBA, right? Like back in the day, nobody got along, yes. right? Right, and now they're getting along their friends because it's social media, the way that they can actually communicate. And they get knocked for that a little bit. Like back in my day, we would have never shook hands and you know all this stuff. But to me, it's like, hey, if if you guys are friends before and after the game, but when you're on the court, you hate that guy. That's what I want to see. Yeah. To me, it's about I'm gonna beat you in this game, and you can't do anything about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like the dominance and in that. 
I, I don't I don't mind. Like I love having a good time. Yeah. I got a smile on my face all the time. I mean, we're playing basketball. You, you you're guarding me. I'm guarding you. Like we're gonna laugh, joke around, but but you best believe I'm gonna bring my bring the best old man game you see. Oh man, it was like Garden Shack, dude. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so it's just like it's like we're gonna have fun, but I'm not gonna step down. Like you know, I might have an asthma attack or I might roll an ankle, but you know, I'm gonna work hard. So, but it, it's it's interesting how that you know even basketball and even like we're talking about now in real life how we see that yeah i wonder what caused that what do you think caused that i I think it's got to do social media i i think social media is one part right with a lot of people that because now they can communicate with each other but i think another thing is is a lot of these breweries are all under like like a brewer's guild so they get together regularly like meetings and stuff and talk about stuff they they do contracts some of them do contracts together like to buy the raw goods right so um to make the beer the yeast you know the, the grains the barley whatnot um the hops so i think because they're around each other more it's it's hard to like dislike somebody when you like it, it's like if me and you were in two different industries if you're another liquor store owner and i saw you all the time i i fucking like you i fuck with you so it's hard for me not to not to like it, it's hard for me to like try to not like you or try to hate on you because i like you so it's like you figure ways of you know succeeding together versus against each other and i think a lot of these breweries are doing that and then then, then they even do collaborations or they'll they'll be like hey man i'm not great at like i really want to do a better hazy i love your hazies yeah i'll come over and like we'll do a batch together i'll show you what i do it's crazy like that's like like literally i'm gonna teach you my secrets which make my beer amazing like shout out to casa agria because they were huge like with hazies like they, they started out as a sour house brewery but then they started making hazy beers right and then when they started making hazy beers it was like wow like i i had eric stuff from before they were a brewery like like little bottle shares that we started a little beer club and i was just like wowed by his sours then i tried their their hazies and they were so incredible and then when they moved over to um you know mass production and they had the brewery and everything else it was so great and then other breweries they were okay what are, what are they called uh, casa agria oh yeah house of sours basically yeah no i know them yeah they're right off of del norte yeah so they, i mean they, they would go out and help other people and teach them and a lot of other breweries do that they collaborate it's love and i love it it's, it's it's good vibes in the in, in the beer world and uh, it it not it'd be nice to see that more translate in other industries. I'd like to see it in like the whiskey industry, or just more distilleries in this area. Because right now, I think the beer market is maybe at capacity. You know, I wouldn't say it's flooded, but it's like it's right there. I mean, it's pretty intense. I mean, to think about it, like in 2010 when I started going heavy on craft to now like i had like four or five doors of craft and people said i was crazy now we got a whole beer cave and every single day there's a new brewery a new one here a new one there but what's crazy locally a lot of the, these local breweries they're so good they've got like gold awards silver awards i think there was this last gabf there was more medals coming out of ventura alone ventura county than there was all of the united states it was like crazy. I'm number. not surprised to hear that. I mean, it's it's definitely like a, you know, a beer mecca here. 
I mean, you know, it's like it, it starts from even like Topa Topa and Jack. Like they, they got influences with their brewer from San Diego. So it's 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 like everything we do. It's like if you can't do it yourself, you find the other people that are great at it. But this is the best place to be. Like Ventura is amazing. Right. So when you got the beach, you got the good vibes, you got the good energy, and now you're producing great beer. I mean, people are gonna drink it. Yeah. Right. You know, and people out here support local. Like they walk in here, like, hey, I want Chief Peak or I want Made West or you know what I mean. So it's it's just nice to see how much local support there is. I mean, even in I'm a local business and how many people come out and support us. It's a it's just a blessing to be in Ventura County where like there's so much love yeah yeah now with 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 your industry how how has it been with you and you know in the construction industry because i don't have much experience but you know it's something I'm, i i want to get into a little bit so why don't you tell me what 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 i'm in for as far as like what to expect anything man teach so, me put me on game bro i need to get put on game over here so you want to you want to do some expansion here, right? You want to do some maybe some affordable housing, expand your footprint retail wise, right? Well, I definitely want to add a bar concept because you know how much I love my drinking mm -hmm. and enjoy the beverages. So I want to expand the restaurant. I want to add a restaurant and a bar tap room, hopefully in 2021. Yeah. And then I want to build homes, not necessarily affordable, but it seems like that's the easiest way to go. But I'd prefer going the other route. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this might be one of my, the instant, you know, like where your dad just had a plot of land and he built a few houses. And the next thing you know, you guys have this amazing company and you guys are building stuff everywhere. Yeah. You know, like to me, I don't know. They could be something like that. I mean, it could be a partnership between us. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, like to do something. But um, my advice to you would be do not do it. Do not do it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of half kidding, but it, it is a difficult thing. And you're going to be dealing with the county and the county of Ventura, you know, they're they're difficult as well. And uh, so I just don't know. I, I would I would definitely want to have like a very precise plan that is the path of least resistance. That's that would be my advice to you is is don't don't get caught up in in numbers and what I can make doing this like what what's gonna work what am I gonna be proud of and what is the path of least resistance in terms of the entitlements and working with the county because if you go too grandiose uh, it's just gonna make your life even more difficult than it would already be embarking on something like this yeah, no, I totally feel you because I'm already uh, I'm already feeling that way right now. I was like, I just want to know. That's why I told you that I'm I'm open to affordable housing in the back, just to build it, just so that they'll give us water, so I I can do something else here. Yeah, the the governor. One of the good things that he's done is that he's made it. Um, he's kind of removed some red tape. Uh, if you do affordable housing, you can get some of your projects approved a little bit easier. And so there's there's some incentives for developers to provide more affordable housing, which is a really good thing. Um, so if you do go that route, you are going to see, you know, some of the red tape removed, but not all of it. There, there's, it's still a difficult process. Now, obviously, you're you're a full time dad, you're you're a full time husband, full time construction. Like, what what do you how do you make time? 
between that and you're a Laker fan, you're a you're a sports guy. How do you make time to do everything that you do, and you know, like get it all done? So I'm all about balance, having a balanced life. So it helps if you have a wife like I do, who who pulls her weight, who does a lot of stuff, like more than I could ever do, like with the kids. So that really helps for me. Like I have to be in the gym a little bit like like we talked about earlier mentally I have to that helps me achieve balance you know a little bit of basketball I do a lot of lobster diving actually the season just started I'm wearing lobster diving lobster shirt right here okay so tell, tell me about that tell me about lobster diving yeah so the season started last well, two uh, two uh, Saturdays ago and basically you can go down and grab lobster in this area um, every night you can do seven a night so I started this two seasons ago and my buddy took me I like saw him he worked for us and he had like these like bloody knuckles and I'm like like bro like what what did you get into a fight he's like no I uh, went lobster diving and I forgot my gloves I was like oh tell me more and so he took me out like two nights later and I couldn't believe that there are lobster in this area. I had no idea. I've been living here my whole life. I felt like I've been wasting my life. From Ventura, not Maine. What's going on? Right, right. Like, and where would you go? So, I mean, I, I can't give away my spots, of course, you know? But it's but like, it, like, is it, I don't it, give it's, us a it's, little it's, something. You know, in the area, you can do it in Malibu, <laughs> in Ventura, you can do it in Santa Barbara. Um, and, and what do you do? Like, what kind of equipment do you wear? So you just, you know, I have a wetsuit. Okay. And gloves, of course. And um, you have like a tank on and stuff. No, no, no. It's just just free diving. Just Wait. hold your breath. It's like swimming to the bottom of a pool. You know. Wow. Yeah. And how deep is it? Oh, you know, it's like 10, 15 feet. You see them down there. Sometimes even more shallow than that. What? Yeah. It's it, dude. I mean, if you ever want to go, Lobster I'll take diving. You. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm down, bro. And it's like it's like a place. It's kind of like doing something like this where. You're in the water, you get out, and it's like been four hours. Like, where did all the time go? Like, it's just my mind is clear. I'm relaxed. You're floating. You know, you've got that feeling of weightlessness. There's sport to it. There's adventure. Uh, it just kind of ticks all the boxes for me. And then you've got seven lobsters that you can make an awesome dinner. Yeah, if you limit. Yeah, I've never limited. But uh, I'm still relatively new to the sport. But it's, uh, it's something that I really love. Like I, it's like Christmas morning. What's the most? It's like Christmas the most morning and gotten? Easter egg hunt combined. Wow. What's the most lobster that you've been able to get in the day? Uh, I think like I've gotten like five maybe. Okay. In a night, and you have to go at night. Ah. Because they're nocturnal. Be, ah, that's right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I go, you're just gonna have a lot of extra lobster because unfortunately, that's the one thing that I like and I'm allergic to. Uh, that that's that's terrible. Shellfish. Yeah, but I still do eat shrimp, even though 10% of the time. Like, oh, even though my eye is shut, right? I still got to eat the shrimp. <laughs> I've actually had this one experience. I'm at um, this clam place. I can't remember it. There's a bib and everything you wear, right? So we're sitting there, and there's this, like, bag of, you know, a bunch of shellfish, seafood. I'm sitting there eating. I'm like, oh, my God, this is delicious. All of a sudden, I go, Ugh. I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> Next thing you know, I go run to the car 
and then my running turns into a walk and then it turns into a crawl because I really like I was too proud to tell somebody go get my inhaler because I don't think I can make it to the car but it was that bad that I I was shocked I made it to the car to get my inhaler to use my inhaler after that day I won't have shrimp I won't have shellfish I can't do clams mm. you remember there was a clam spot in the talking about businesses that come and go there was a clam spot in the collection uh yeah near starbucks exactly right in the back side on that same corner but on the opposite corner by the rei so that place i went there and uh we took the bloody cure to see if it, it really worked well with clams because somebody was telling me it's really good with it they tried it so then i took the bloody cure and i put it in the clam and then i ate the clam i was like oh my god it's delicious that was a problem i shouldn't have done that because then i would only had one or two i ended up having like 12. oh my god and then i found out i was like that's the one thing i'm allergic to the most is clams and then clams oysters i was just that they just they kill me and then lobsters really can mm. but shrimp is like only 10 percent of the time i've had a problem so i'll still eat shrimp and and even if i do have a problem as long as i have an inhaler i'm fine because the inhaler, I, really? The inhaler does it? So I'm asthmatic, right? But I'm not like crazy asthmatic. But lately, because of the fires, the Thomas fire, and then all these fires, it's acting up. Uh, but normally, like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. Like, we played basketball. You, you'd probably never even notice I'm asthmatic. because I, I didn't, Well, you were, like, grabbing your knees at the end, you know? Oh, that's old man stuff. <laughs> that's different. That's that, that's still going on now, bro. Like, I bear, I mean, I don't know how I do it because after we finish a game, Bro, like we, we do like three games, right? Like two, three games, sometimes maybe more. And then we might get a five on five going right after we're playing one on one. And I'm I'm physically more exhausted than I like like I should be, right? But I'm so dead, but mentally I just keep going. But when when I go home, bro, next three days I'm like, oh my god, like I'm I'm hurting. Yeah. So nah, I feel you, man. I'm I'm I feel like I need to I need to do two a days to get my body back back where it, it needs to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, it's um, it's it's one of those things, man. Like, um, you know, we we we're young. We think we can run and do everything the same way we can when we're older. And you come to the realization, like, you're limited. Like, you can, but your healing process takes way longer. Yeah. Like we were, when we were in high school or, you know, middle school, you'd be playing basketball all day, harder than you're playing now. And you're ready to go right away. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. The clock, baby. Yeah. No, it's like uh, that movie, Wedding, The Wedding Crashers, you know? Oh, I love goes, that movie. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> when he looks over at Vince Vaughn, he goes, we're not that young. I think about that all the time. No. Because we think we are, right? We yeah. go, yeah, a couple young guys, you know, playing basketball. It's like, well, we're not that young. Well, what's crazy is like I'm over here at the store and I look at somebody. I said, "You're not 21. There's no way." I have a hard time with that. To me, they look like me. I think. Yeah. You know, but then I go, "No." You know. I was like, "You're not 21. How are you 21? You you, you look older. You look like my age." And they're like, "No." And then you have the other kids that look like they're 12 and they're 21. And then you see their ID and you're like, "You were born in 2000." You know what I mean? Or you were born in 99, like, and you're 21. Like, you know what I mean? It just it, it just trips me out, you know? I'm over there watching the Lakers and winning the championship in 99. I'm like, and you're getting born at the same time? 
like it's uh it's crazy i mean we think like obviously me and you we have like this joyful like presence to us and we we feel and we think that we're young so you know we, we think we can hang with the young kids and then on the basketball court you see some of these young kids and you're just like oh yeah i've been humbled before <laughs> where it's like wow these athletes right i mean you're like man i i, I thought i was fast or you know i I thought I was quick. I thought I could guard him. And right. First step, and he's already by me. I'm like, okay, I'm guarding the big guy because, you know, he could back me down maybe, but he's not as fast as these young kids. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. But, you know, it's just that that competition we still have. Like, we want to do it. We want to, like, and, and, and that same competition that we're doing there, like, translates in our businesses. Like, and, and it's a fun way of competition. Like, you want to do well for yourself, well for your family, but you're not looking, you know, negatively towards any your competition, right? Or other people, you don't even see that as competition, just like I do, right? You're like you're you're only in competition with yourself, and and to me, I think that's the best way of looking at it. Like, what what did I know in 2006 when you got started to what you know now, right? What are you going to know tomorrow and the next day, you know? And, and not only learning just the the you know the whole construction thing but then learning all the tax laws and all this other stuff because money saved is money made right right and um i i had an interesting conversation yesterday with somebody and somebody we were talking about taxes and stuff because he started a bit a business well like, you have to look at all your legal ways of saving money on taxes and then we started talking and the whole you know trump paying 750 dollars in, in taxes came up and, you know, I told him, I was like, while everybody else was upset that Trump only paid $750 in, in federal tax, I'm like, how can I do that for myself? Right. <laughs> right? That's, like, not a bad thing. That's, like, you know, using the laws that are at our disposal. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't know his details. I don't know his stuff. But I could just tell you this much. If he's only paying that much, then there's got to be a way of I can reduce my taxes so that i can increase my income so i have more money to invest right. to create more jobs well it's a double-edged sword right because if you're not paying that much it means you're losing a lot you know what i mean in deductions yeah so obviously you don't ever want losses but losses are a part of business they help offset tax or taxable gains you know but yeah it was kind of cool sitting down with you and you breaking down some of the tax stuff, right? Like, remember how we were talking about it's like a, an it's old a, law? That whole other world. It's crazy. And and the thing is, is people don't like, like when somebody starts their own business, that if they understand tax laws, just by starting their business, how much money they can save by understanding that stuff that they never understood before. Yeah, it's unfortunate that our system is set up to where you have to literally have a degree in like taxes you know cpa to like fully understand it but those people are there to help you so if you're starting a business for sure you need to talk to them and they'll tell you exactly how you can limit your exposure to uncle sam because nobody really wants to give it away i mean you look at like the way california's run in our other countries or other states like the bureaucrats they're not that good with money you know so like Terrible. i don't really want to give more away than i have to I mean, at the end of the day, is, is you're doing your legal obligation. Sure. And, and, yeah. and, and the one thing that the government does is they set aside certain programs to make sure that they get what they need. And then in the past, 
So I don't know if you probably already knew this, but in the past, the government tried to do a lot of stuff themselves. Like, let's go out and build affordable housing, right? So that we can do this. And they're like, it's costing us more to build it ourselves than to give somebody a tax deduction and them doing it. Because we know the government's gonna go out and buy the same bottle of Woody Creek for like $300 <laughs> versus coming to Happy Place and getting it for a whole lot less, right? So. So then once they learn that, they're like, hey, let's give these tax benefits to people. And I think it's beautiful because like in our business, like I like I was able to upgrade so much of my equipment in here. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to pay more in taxes because we did better through COVID. And I was like, all right. Then I called my accountant. I did some research because accountants are great. They know so much. But a tax specialty person that's like knows that stuff, you can learn so much more, even from like audiobooks and podcasts. I was like, whoa, you could do this, this, this. And then I sent a bunch of lists and categorized it and send it to, you know, my accountant. And then he overlooked it. He's like, yeah, we can actually do that. Oh, we can do that. And all right, well, why don't you make that investment? So then we put a beer, uh, bigger cooler in here. We added this, we added a new rack. So we spent over like $150,000 supporting a bunch of little businesses by buying stuff. And that helped us offset some of the taxes. But at the end of the day, it's creating jobs and creating opportunity, which a lot of people don't really realize. Right. Yeah, it's huge. You have to talk to someone to, to fully understand it. And like, I'm still learning. Even after all these years, there's still tax things. We're doing like a succession plan right now. Have you seen that show Succession? Have you watched that show? You told me about it. I, yeah. I will get into that. I'm trying to limit my TV because I felt like in COVID I watched too much. Yeah. So I'm trying to limit it, but I got that on my short list. Of you want to understand more of what I go through on a day-to-day -day basis, watch that show. It's not quite to the degree. It's obviously over-dramatized and, you know, all that that goes with it. But it'll help you kind of understand more of what I deal with, with family dynamics, people that are not family that are in the company, and how they deal with, like, the family dynamics. It's, it's a very well-crafted show. But we're in the middle of doing a plan you know, my dad, he's 76. He turned 76 yesterday. And, uh, you know, it, we're at a point now where we have to have a plan. And even further than that, uh, estate taxes. Like, if he was to pass away today, there's an estate tax exemption. Um, each, basically, the mother and the father can each gift $10.5 million to their uh, heirs. Um, and, you know, Trump raised that. It used to be, I think, maybe like five or, or so combined or five and five. Um, and so we're having to look at all the assets and go, OK, well, you know, are, do we need to worry about this right now? Well, maybe not right now, but in the future, we need to worry about this. So we've had to hire attorneys, CPAs, like a whole team of people just to kind of decipher the tax code and figure out how we can be really responsible, you know, in you know five, 10 years from now, God forbid that he passes away. But it's it's a whole. I mean, it's going to cost us a lot of money just to just to plan for this. It's crazy. So we're in the middle of trying to do something very similar, because um, well, w w one of the things that that I learned is that if the like for example our property, if I put the property under a specific trust, that you know that later on we get entitlements and you're about to do construction and you do construction if you transfer it at that time the value of the property is so much higher but if you transfer if you put it in the family trust now before that happens it doesn't get taxed for you or the next generation right right so like called I, the step up basis 
okay, there you go, right? I mean, good to have somebody here that knows knows about it. I'm learning about it, and I think it's, I, I find it very interesting, and I feel like I wish there was more people that knew about all the different ways of protecting your family because it's protecting your family from not just taxes, but it's also protecting your, your family from if all of a sudden it goes in like a probate, like, and you don't have all your stuff lined up, like it, it becomes like a like a fight in court to try to get your stuff. Like if my kid had to do that and yeah, other probate, you never up, want to go to probate. It'd be terrible. It, again, it's like the bureaucrats, you know, having to like sift through their process. It takes months and months and months and months. That means more and more and more in lawyer fees. Like right, but if you pay two, three, four, five hundred dollars to have a lawyer give you a trust, figure out a trust for you, you don't never have to go to probate. And it's not you; it's going to be your kids. Yeah, your kids have to deal with that. And so it just spend the money now to get that stuff buttoned up now. Yeah, so and they it, don't deal with it later. And then it would suck. Like imagine, like okay, now you get this property that supposedly is worth like say ten million dollars, but it doesn't produce enough money for you to. First of all, if you had to pay all the taxes on it, and then it's actually not worth as much as like like you you you, you get you get put in a really bad situation. I've heard about stories where people got a property, they had to pay all the taxes on it, and to pay the taxes, they had to end up selling it. So then you just get like capital gains and then you get hit with more taxes and it's just like, now all of a sudden that $10 million property turned into like $4 million because now you have to sell it. You know what I mean? So it's just like putting yourself in a better position, like pay the money at the, I mean, as much as I don't like to, like I say like, oh, you know, lawyer fees, lawyer, but like it's better to have them on your team before a situation happens than after a situation happens because you can be better protected because you know you might not like going to the dentist but if you don't you won't mess up your teeth right you know what i mean and the same thing with a lawyer like you have to have a good attorney somebody who knows their shit that's going to help you help your family and and that's all that and why do we do what we do right i mean you wake up and you see your two beautiful kids and you're like like I want to make you proud. I want to, like I want to keep growing. I want to show you that you know what what I've accomplished, and I want you to, to 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 move that forward. And then, and then you make one wrong step, and you don't take that extra step. What happens? Right. I mean, it's it's just crazy in our life that there's so many other things going on that sometimes you don't make time for the important things. Right. I mean, that's what I've been trying to get my father to do is like, just think a little forward. He doesn't want to come to face with his mortality. You know, we all have that expiration date. His expiration date is arriving and he doesn't want to face it. Yeah. So I've had to kind of like coax him into like, look, this is, this is for, you know, myself and my sister. I know you, I know you don't have to really worry about it, but we're going to have to worry about it. So let's think about this together. You yeah. know, but it's challenging. It's challenging for someone who's that old school, you know, who's a little bit of a skeptic about a lot of things, you know, having to kind of convince them like, no, no, this is like a good thing. Like we're not getting scammed here. This is how it is. You know, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. And it's like, you, like you can only be an expert of so many things, right? Like your dad, he, he, he worked so hard and he knows so much about his industry. Right. And, and you learn every day. And to now 
to you know to be the man of what he was doing is like like that's being the fucking man like what your dad did like he came here with like a hundred dollars in his pocket and had obstacles just right when he landed at the airport to building this amazing company for his family and himself and then at the end of the day is it's hard for somebody who did this to face that a time's gonna come where he can't do that anymore. It's It's gotta be really hard. I, I try to think about that. I try to like put myself in his shoes. It's gotta be hard to let go of that, you know, to kind of take take the hands off the rein, you know, and be like, okay. Like, especially for someone like him who doesn't necessarily have any hobbies. He doesn't go lobster diving, you know? <laughs> he doesn't go to the gym. No, he doesn't go to the gym. Um, so that's got to be extra difficult. So I, I try to be empathetic to that because he did build it from nothing. Also, he was in poverty, like living in Egypt. Like, I don't know if this story's true, but he would tell us that he would tie up some dirty laundry and make a makeshift soccer ball. I don't know if that's true. That might have been one of those like. You know, I, I, I walk uphill to, yeah, to work or right. to school and walk uphill right. back home. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. But they were like dirt poor. Wow. And so like coming from nothing where you, you really don't necessarily know where your next meal is coming. How did he even get his ticket to come here? Cause that's expensive. I think his brother sent him the, the ticket. His brother was living in LA or maybe Oxnard at that point. And so, so that's something that I'll never face. Like I, my mentality that he's shaped is everything's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. If we lose the project. We're still going to be fine. But I think in his mentality, it's that depression era mindset where like we might not be fine, you know, like we might not be. And so I'm going to keep pushing and keep pushing and maybe even keep worrying, which isn't a good thing. Uh, and so our two mindsets continually kind of clash. But I like to think we, we, we balance each other out. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is like even with me and my wife, we're, we, we're two complete different people. We have two different mindsets. You wouldn't want to be the same, by the way. No. And, and I think it would be a terrible thing because to have two people that talk as much as I do in the house, you know, actually we do, my son does. But but with my wife, it's I think it's really good to have that balance. Like she's good at what she's good at. I'm good at what I'm good at. I'm the one that is in the store, does my grind, works. I'm in the podcast. She supports me with everything I do. I support her. I try to spend as much as time with the family. She does everything financially, so I don't have to worry about it. That's nice. But the beauty also is like we both are avid learners. We're trying to learn and grow. That's why I love like picking your brain and talking to you. And look, I mean, this right here is the longest conversation we've had. Like we've had an hour long conversations, right? But having, being able to sit down on the podcast, which I think is like, it's almost like in a way it's like a selfish, like I get to learn about other people's lives. I get to learn about what they do, the struggles they go through. I get to see that your father's story, my father's story was similar where they, you know, they're immigrants that came to this amazing country and, and they created opportunity for themselves, you know? And on that note, like I, how do you feel the American mindset is versus an immigrant mindset? Hmm. Well, it's kind of what I was just saying, you know, like, like my mindset is we're going to be okay. There's safety nets built in everywhere in America. Maybe they don't look like they're as a parent right now, but they are like compared to most countries, 
like we have safety nets to where you're never going to quite fail you know obviously there's extreme poverty everywhere but but there's a lot of safety nets so i think i'm always in that mindset and a lot of americans are where eh, you know everything's gonna be fine and and we're gonna be okay if we work hard enough and we do the right thing and we treat people well we're gonna be fine other parts of the world you can do all that stuff and still not be fine um, and i think that immigrant mindset um, that's why that's why we want immigrants here because they bring in that hardworking kind of like mindset that pushes you like if i see someone with a different mindset than mine that maybe is more of uh, like a pusher in a good way i go oh okay well you know that's gonna like spur me on and sharpen me to want to be better um, so again i think it's good to have that balance i think that's why i think working with my dad for the most part we work really well together because he brings something to the table and I balance him out with, I think everything is gonna be okay, dad. Cause yeah. it really will be okay. Um, but that's hard, that's a hard thing to teach someone who grew up with nothing. But I think that's a good perspective to have as well. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a balance. And um, and being, being, even though I was not born in US. Oh, that's right. Right, I forgot I, about that. I was, bro, like, Everything I know is the U.S. All of my memories are the U.S. So you can't be president. Like I, no, I can't. No, oh, that's a shame. I mean, I think maybe uh, you know all, all the cussing and the way I am as a person probably wouldn't permit that anyways. Mm. But you know, well, I mean, I guess yeah, Trump, maybe not. Yeah. You know, Trump did. Yeah, he's he's broken the barrier. <laughs> but you know, um, like like for me, like I, I identify as an American, like hundred percent, and I love my culture. And I love Indian dance and culture and food. I love Mexican in Mexican dance, culture, food. Like I love everything, right? Like a lot of the cultures I've been surrounded by. But I grew up as an American, so I was taught to to put to when I was 18 to get a credit card, buy the shit that you can't afford, put it on a card, and pay it. You know, pay it off when you can pay it off. Enjoy life and. And buy everything that you want. Go spend fifteen hundred dollars, or you know, now it's fifteen hundred dollars for a brand new iPhone. Before it was, you know, like six hundred bucks, and that was a lot back in the day. So, so I, I was grown into that culture because being an American, and I was always fighting my parents, which, which were the, which were the parents that grew up like living like my dad before we came here lived on the floor mm. of a house with a bunch of other roommates, like way more than probably the property management company would allow, but that's the only way that they could afford to to live there and then to build their dreams, right? And versus Americans were like, okay, well, we, we want this, we want this, we want this. So we have to have all these things. So now that we have to have all these things, well, now we don't have any money left over to, to, to invest in our dreams. And I feel like the American dream versus what the American society teaches us. And even the way the American dream is, it's, it's, it's literally to, to get people to get in debt, right? Versus if you look at your parent, you know, when your dad came here, you know, he came here with nothing and he built it. And so I think it's really hard for Americans like us to really build something from like imagine having nothing and and not even resources and like so i look at it now as so i'm like if i lost everything i feel like i can be back financially where i am today but that's also with the network i have like i've never not had no network 
you know, ever since I was an adult. Right. I created a network or, or had even just a few relationships that can make a difference, right? You can make a phone call right now to an investor if you needed to and be like, boom, even if it's your dad or for somebody else, like, hey, I want to do this project. This is what it is. I have a game plan. You look at the, the, the numbers, everything. It makes sense, right? But, but imagine not having anything and doing that. It's crazy. It's hard to imagine. I can't really imagine it. I just can't. And that's what he doesn't always necessarily understand, my dad. I just can't, I can't quite understand what that what that mindset is to just really ne not have a network. Like, really? Like, that's crazy. Like, not have someone to, like, call and say, hey, I need help. There's a lot of people that are that don't have that. I mean, even in America. One of my best buddies, you know, his dad died when he was, like, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I remember we were, we were in Vegas, uh, him and I, and my dad called me. It was about some project. And I think the project was going south. You know, something bad was happening. And, and my dad just told me, son, like, it's going to be okay. And, and my friend was in the car with me, heard him on speaker. And when we got off, my, my friend was like, wow. He's like, he's like, what I wouldn't give to hear that. Like, I don't, I don't ever hear that. I don't have a dad to say, son, everything's going to be okay. And he's someone that's, that's really trying to hustle and make a, make a life for himself and his family. And that like really hit me like, wow, I didn't, I didn't ever thought about that. Like not everyone has even a dad to say that. So I'm really thankful for what I have. And, and, uh, but it's hard to put yourself in that mindset of like, like maybe it won't be okay. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I always, I, I love hearing stories about immigrants and, and how they come to the country and how they raise their kids and, and how they instill confidence in their children. And the thing is, is it's always about a belief, right? I mean, if you look at like some of the biggest like wars and battles that were won that shouldn't have been won, it's when they burned the, they burned all of their ships behind them saying, we're dying. We're not going back anywhere. So we win or we die. Like, I mean, it's like, you're going to have a lot more success with that mentality. And I think as Americans, like we don't necessarily have that. We won't like raised by society to have that mentality. Like there's always like, oh, there's this, this little uh, life vest. There's this, there's that. Like when you come out it, like I left my country to go to a place that I don't even speak the language. Like respect to your dad that he came here not even like knowing English. You know, I mean, my dad came here broke as shit on borrowed money, but he, in India, he had a master's in, in English. But, you know, when he talk, he definitely does not talk like he's from America, you know? <laughs> but but at the end of the day, it's just like, that's like, like it, to me, it's always intriguing to to see that. And and it, and it makes me want to, like, like, work harder because it's like, I'm in a better position today because of my parents, because I'm in America. I went to India and I saw India. And there is some rich-ass people and they some broke-ass people. And they live in, like like hundred yards from each other. It's crazy. And to see that and experience that and be like, I could have been here in India and who knew what my opportunities would have been if I was in India versus being here. And now I feel like I can accomplish anything because I was put in a better situation. Yeah. Yeah. India, that's a crazy place. I took a class called perspectives 
and they talked about India and how someone coming from India would be so shocked by how we live, like what we put in our bodies. Like for Indians, if we went over to India as an American, we'd be shocked at how dirty the streets were, how dirty the floors are in the houses. But they would be shocked that we wear like ripped jeans and that like the sidewalks are clean and like tidy and we eat meat. Oh, that's a, like, you know what? That's one of the crazy ones. Cause out there, um, Hinduism is the, the biggest religion out there. And they, they worship, you know, one of them is, uh, is a cow. So they do not eat meat. Like I went there and I was there for three months. You know what the first place I went to when I came back? In and out. That's right, bro. <laughs> I I had like a four by four, man, when I came back. Animal style fries, a chocolate shake, and a strawberry milkshake, and a vanilla shake. I'm like, I want it all, man. But they do eat. Some people do eat meat there, don't they? Well, they eat pork. They eat well. The non-Muslims it's will not eat beef. pork. They'll eat chicken. And I'll tell you, some of the chicken I had over there was some of the best chicken I had in my life. So my mom goes, hey, go down the street, go to the 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 place that they sell chicken. It's right there, right next to this building. I was like, okay, I'll go. I went there. The guy literally had a chicken, like, and this is literally in a matter of like 60 seconds, right? There was a chicken there running around, cracked his head, cleaned it up. Oh, wow. In like in a minute to two minutes, I had a bag of freshly cut, ready to make chicken. It was so delicious and so fresh. It, it blew my mind, hmm. right? I went to the fish market and this is some crazy shit. You ready for this? There's this guy that's sitting on the table. It, it's like a big old like chopping block table. He's sitting on top of it. He has knives in his feet and hands and he's cutting like fish and cleaning them up. And it's like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And he cut it to perfection and he was like cleaning them and doing this. I'm like, this is out of this world. Who would have thought, like who would have ever thought you would use your, your toes, like your fingers. Right. Wow. And then obviously it's like they, they do their sanitary stuff. So this is not an unsanitary market, but it's weird for us because they have it all sanitized. He's sitting, he's doing his thing, cut it up and we're going to cook it anyway. So, but it was a weird experience to me. So there was a lot of culture shock. I think the biggest culture shock for me in India was poor people, right? Like in the beggars. And then when I found out later that sometimes what they would do on these beggars, they would actually chop off a leg or a hand of one of the beggars because they weren't getting enough money. Oh my God. And now all of a sudden they started bringing in more money. So, so it's like, it's like leaving a country. Well, we, is, do, we do that here. We, we kind of judge homeless people here. Like, oh, you know, he's, he's got a clean shirt on, you know, oh, he's got an iPhone. Uh, I don't think I need to give to that guy. You know, we do the same thing. It's a, uh, it's 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 rough, you know, especially when you, when you're fortunate and you're in a good position yourself, and you see people like that, you want to always try to help, right? But then you try to figure out what can I do and what shouldn't I do? What are the culture norms and what's going on here? So I mean, coming from a country that has, like, literally some of the richest people in the world to the poorest people in the world, and living here, and once I had that experience, I think it just totally tripped me out have you ever been have you ever been back to egypt i've been to egypt when i was in high school um i'd like to go as an adult because i think i would have a different mindset when i was there as a high schooler i was kind of like eh, you know this sucks i don't want to be here you know it's hot 
I think now I would have more respect and I'd be in more awe, I think, going now. I mean, I've, I've been like, now with TikTok, like, it's like, my wife's, like, it's crazy. Like, my wife was never into, like, social media at all. But with TikTok, she's like, she spends an hour a day, like, checking out some stuff and she was sending me some cool stuff. And, um, like, I was looking at some stuff about, like, Egypt and, like, all these beautiful places out there other than the stuff we knew like we think you know they think oh you know there's camels and there's pyramids right but then when you see all the beauty and all the nice spots out there like i'm really i'm it's on my list of places i want to visit now yeah yeah i i, I need to go back I, I would see it with new eyes now i think just like you said the beauty the scope of it just the how ancient it is like the history I, I, I really think I would appreciate it more now. I, I, I wouldn't have recommended my former self go at high school. You know, it's just not a good age to do anything like where you, there's money involved in traveling and just well, waste. Unless you're in Mexico and you're in Cabo. Yeah, or, Mexico. Or, or you're in Rosarito yeah. doing some yeah, go home to, parties, right? Yeah, go to Mexico. <laughs> And then when you grow up, home parties. Oh, that just took me back. Oh, bro, <laughs> I remember going over to Iggy's or whatever that place is. That place was nuts. Um, yeah, Mexico was fun. I, I lived out in San Diego State area. Oh, so my... you were there every weekend? <laughs> shh, shh. I said every other weekend, but yes, okay, I was there every weekend. I mean, it's good. It, it's good times when you're you're that age. You know, you know, like you're you're, you're either. You know 2018 to 21 22 23 i mean you're going out there partying having a good time and then when you grow up you want to go experience new cultures and try new food and mm. see the world i mean it's so crazy how big the world is and you live in in a beautiful town like ventura i i always come back and i appreciate where i live right even when i go to the yeah. some of the most amazing beaches in the world i come back and i'm like i have this in my backyard i think it's so important to travel I mean, maybe not to egypt but travel when bring your kids take your kids traveling let them see third world countries let them understand this is not normal how we live here in america it really isn't like we're maybe like in the top five percent like living poverty like it's crazy in third world countries and i think it, it'll give your kids and it gave me definitely a different perspective because you just kind of in a bubble here like especially you know with covid this continues for a long time you're really going to be in a bubble so it's important to travel yeah i i love traveling um we just we just booked a trip i mean nothing crazy special but we just went to we went to cabo for a week mm -hmm. just Beautiful. to get away and and literally we're just going to be in the resort we're not going to go around anywhere because of covid and we're you know as much as i'm like up in the air about everything that's said about covid i don't know so like if i can avoid anything i'm gonna avoid it so i'm um, i just had friends that went there and they're just like it's clean the hotels are like taking great care of everything it's like traveling on an airline after a crash right everything is extra regulated double checked triple checked super clean and 50 percent off and 50 percent <laughs> off <laughs> i'm like wait a minute so i'm doing this whole vacation for the whole family for like 2500 bucks that's hard to beat 2500 dollars, including flights all-inclusive five-star resort at the hard rock cafe like really like you go to vegas bro and like you'll drop 500 dollars on the tables right i mean if you gamble a little bit you'll like you'll be like all right i donated my 500 dollars 
right to build this 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 beautiful place you go out to a couple of restaurants you go here there you go to a nightclub and next thing you know like you're already in two thousand dollars for you and your wife you know for for the and the, the nights are what like three hundred dollars a night or whatever normally and not and obviously COVID time it's different and then you go watch a show or two and they're like 100 150 bucks a show like you're like you just spent two thousand three thousand dollars going to vegas for five nights you go out to, to mexico you have an amazing time see something new normally like i would love to go out and go to the neighborhoods find some of the local restaurants right. and find these little hole in the walls that you go there and you're just like oh my god oh my god what is the best international food that you've ever had mm. so i was in belgium for a international business seminar trip for college like the last kind of college credit class I needed to graduate so we hit like seven different countries in Europe and we went to Belgium I was really sick so I wasn't really feeling like eating anything like that heavy but I went out on the street and they had Belgian waffles but it wasn't like the Belgian waffles that we have here it was like like a delicious fluffy airy dessert that they you know drizzled chocolate or Nutella over with a little bit of you know, cream. It was just amazing. Just melted in your mouth. That was the best food I've ever had in my life. Happened to be dessert. It's it's so funny that obviously you mentioned Belgium. I just went to Thailand last year. Oh, I would love to go to Thailand. Oh my god. I went to this place called like Six or something or Mama something. No, I think it was called Six or something. Six. I'll I'll, I'll tell you about it later. But this place was phenomenal. Mm. And, and honestly, I've been to so many different countries and tried their food and, and a lot of places, it's just so much better than, than some of the foods that, that I've tried here. But then I really look back at it and I'm like, wait a minute, the food that we have here is pretty good because we have food from all over the world. Like, I mean, we also take it for granted. I mean, like Mexican food, it's like, I love Mexican food, right? But I, I think that for me, Thailand was my favorite experience with food because I love spicy. So when I told them, they're like, what spice level? I said, I want a nine, you know? They made it the way I like it. That's crazy, and bro. it was delicious. Yeah, I would love to see the Thai street food scene. So I know awesome. there's some Netflix shows about it. Like, I would love to see that. Just go kind of just do the crawl. Just hit up a bunch of different spaces there. Honestly, if uh, if you end up doing a trip out there and um, um yeah, we, let we, me know. I'll, we, I'll let you know. Let me know. I, I mean, want to know what you did. I, you know, I'll tell you all the things to do. And if you go to Bali, I have a guy that I'll connect you with. He literally picked us up from the like, he didn't actually pick us up from the airport, but he would. He he's the guy that would pick you up from the airport and be with you the whole time. So first, I started with a guy, and he picked me up from the airport, took us around for for a night. And then I found this other guy and he was so amazing. He was like our tour guide. He picked up our bags. He showed us all these amazing places. And Bali was probably the, the most amazing trip I've ever taken. Noting that the food was not that good. It was still on the top of my list, but the food wasn't that but good. But your money goes really far there, doesn't it? Oh my God. That's what I've heard. Bali, you can experience so much, so cheap, and it's so beautiful. And the, the people out there are so nice. It's like a Ventura vibe with people mm. that look like 
they're from Bali. Like, it's just a good vibe. It's beach vibes. I think it's because there's beach everywhere. And, and the people are happy there because they're making money, right? By Because of the tourism. So, hey, I think it's fantastic, mm. man. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Maybe we can... Uh, find a reason to do a project out in bali and go oh, build man. some Let's stuff out it. there bro I love that. we need a tax write-off just to go drive fly there and hang out there for the for the month and come back man i would love that we, we should definitely do do a trip somewhere bro like I, I think it'd be fun it'd be cool to go somewhere with you you've always been somebody i feel like from from when we started playing ball to start talking to business and then then even calling you for advice and hanging out and having lunch it's always been it's been a pleasure, bro. I feel I mean, like it would work. I feel like it would work. Not every friend you can say that about. Yeah, I, I think, and, and the thing is, is it's just, it's, it's just like weird. Like, we'd be in the locker room talking for like 30, 40 minutes sometimes. It's like, it was going to be a five minute conversation. It just keeps going and it just feels good. And, and I like being around people that, that, that I have got that energy from. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy we've been able to, to, to build this relationship. It wasn't through a reunion, but you know, it was yeah. it was through playing some basketball. No, I, I appreciate you, and thanks for having me on. This has been really fun. I can't, uh, I mean, this has always been a bucket list thing to do something like this first podcast. So thank you. Yeah, appreciate man. It. You know, and you're going to be doing a lot more, especially with uh, you grinding and you, you making a name for yourself. I mean, you know, people people are going to hear this podcast and be like, "Oh, Matt Mancy. Okay, I've never heard of him, but uh, they're going to hear about you, man. You've uh, you've got a bright future. You got a you know." Uh, a, an incredible mindset and uh you, you you've got a you've got a great uh family that's uh that you got to support and and i'm 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 excited to see what you do man i'm really excited thank you brother i appreciate you hey thanks so much for being on thank man having me and uh you know oh you poured me another glass i had to oh, bro man cheers brother cheers Hello, hi, I'm a Sakai Dad, Sasrikal. Uh, I would request, please do not like, subscribe, or do the commentary on this podcast. We want our son to be doctor, not a YouTube Me Too star. Okay, so please do not like, subscribe, and please definitely do not share it with your friends. We want him to be doctor, please. Thank you. Okay, Sasrikal ji.